This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're now listening to Boomsies with Dan O'Toole on the Bet Rivers Network. This week on Boomsies, Dan dives into the debacle that was the NHL Awards. Also, Dan returns to his thought that Jury Duty, the TV show, was an original program. He was completely wrong. And also, Dan runs into a Tim Hortons guest that was nice, and then things took a wicked turn. And, okay, let's start. Previously on. Should do a previously on boomsies. It'd be a psychedelic trip down trippy lane. Hi, I'm Dan O'Toole. Your host for the next 40 something minutes on a show called Boomsies. This is episode 75. The Hal Gill episode. As I usually do, with an NHLer that is giving the naming rights, the naming, the naming rights to an episode because of their number, I reach out to someone who played with them, someone that knows them. I reached out to my friend Steve Webb, former New York Islander great. I said, Hal Gill, he's episode 75. Good guy. I'll give you Webby's direct response. I'm not even going to paraphrase him. I'll just give it to you blunt. Webby said, absolute weapon. Awesome guy. Get him going. He'll chat it up. I could tell that about Hal Gill. Just looks like a, a good dude. And Hal Gill, he... Logged a lot of NHL games. Played 1,108 for the Bruins, the Leafs, the Pens, the Canadians, the Predators. And his last season, he only played six games with your Philadelphia Flyers. And Zed Money pointed out how uh, his time in Toronto was not fun for him. Leafs fans always seem to have one defense it's always a defenseman they have one defenseman in which they become the whipping boy of the team and Hal Gill was that one defenseman when he was with the Leafs Larry Murphy happened to him 
Um, I don't I don't know why it is. There's always one guy to pick on that Leafs fans do it, but Hal Gill was that guy. Okay, so the NHL awards went uh, went Monday night in Nashville. I did not know the NHL awards were taking place until a friend sent me a text. S- uh, several friends, because our mutual buddy Jim Montgomery, Monty, won Coach of the Year. So his speech is making the rounds, and um, it was the highlight. Of the entire evening. We'll get to that speech in a second. Because I had a friend. Who. Transcribed the entire event. For me. Because I said. I'm not watching. And you could not pay me to watch the NHL awards. Because it hurts my soul. To watch it. Because they try so hard. To be edgy. And cool. And they miss the mark every single time. And by all accounts. Not only did they miss the mark again this year, but they, if the mark was inside a stadium, they missed the stadium. They missed it that bad. So here's what my buddy said. Okay. It's a, it's a long one, but it's very entertaining. Okay. First off, he said, why so many country bands? It felt like a country music festival with some hockey speeches. Hey, more recent new country. Uh, if you like it, hey, if you like music, I'm all for music. I just can't. The new country, it's all the same. Um, Linus Olmark with a sparkly suit. Uh, Biz giving him a sash and a tiara was very forward thinking, says my friend. Um, Dirks Bentley was the host. And I guess he was pushing the drinking culture a ton. Um, His son is a host correspondent and it's so cringy. Him and pasta singing Barbie girl made me feel like I was on drugs. That sentence. Put that in the Smithsonian. Him and pasta singing Barbie girl. This happened on the NHL awards show and someone said, yeah. Okay. Here. So I didn't see this moment of them singing Barbie girl, but this would have been rehearsed. This would have been planned out as part of the evening. And someone in the brain trust thought this is going to be hilarious. And it seems like one of those moments where people are watching, they're like, is this supposed to be funny? Or does everyone en masse see it as cringeworthy? Because the NHL brain trust does not have that part in their brain where they see something with an outside lens. Um, Paul Bissonette was pouring... Milk into Frank Saravalli's mouth? What? And he said here, Biz pouring milk into Frank's mouth felt personal. <laughs> um, half the people presenting didn't even know how to pronounce the players' names. 
there's a, if you're rehearsing things, probably get them to, to get the names right. Your star players should have their names pronounced right. Um, felt like it was a real weird to highlight McDavid getting engaged when a year ago he was out with the, another girl. <laughs> um, and then he says here, it was a car crash, couldn't look away. I just can't get over how many country bands there are. Gary Bettman showed his wordle. What's that now? Oh, the game. Um, so Gary, they play on an NHL awards show. They played wordle and this was approved by people. And, uh, I guess Gary's, uh, first response on wordle. He thought the word was Louie. <laughs> Uh, okay. And, um, that's about it. But then they ended up with, uh, saying here, Jim Montgomery, best moment of the night, Jim Montgomery, who we're going to get to our, our picks at the start of the season for the NHL awards. I nailed it. I said, he'd win the Jack Adams who wins it, Jim Montgomery. And here is the speech that, uh, that made the night more bearable. My late father, Jim, um, who passed away a little while ago, um, impressed upon me the importance of always being team first and how you achieve great things working together. And um, three and a half years ago, the Dallas Stars terminated my contract because of my struggles with alcohol. And I had to change my actions and behaviors. And that's when my new team, the most important team in my life, has really is what leads to the success that I live daily right now. And for those who struggle out there, um, you can change. You can affect change within yourself. And it doesn't happen alone. You need a team. Um, you need a community. And I'm lucky for friends like Baz, Murph, Super Dave, Sully, the East and West Coast Weapons, Strange Brew. I cannot, I'm forgetting a few Rammer, Zingers. Um, people who have helped me daily overcome this, and I cannot do it without my family. And I'm eternally grateful for my beautiful wife who has um, stuck around around this guy through the ups and downs, and I cannot tell you how much I appreciate and love you. I'm very appreciative for both teams that I'm lucky to be a part of that help me on a daily basis. Thank you. So awesome. So if you are a regular listener of this show, you know, a good friend of mine joins me on this show quite regularly, Sully. And guess who's name dropped in Monty's speech? Sully. And I'm proud to say I'm, I'm on, on Monty's other team, along with Sully. So, yeah. What a great message by a great man. So I mentioned I got the Jack Adams correct. Zed Money, out of all the the picks, how many between yourself, producer Tim, and I did we nail 100% total? How many as a group? We got three as a group. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Real NHL insiders over here. Okay, so we got we got Monty. What yeah, else do we then, get? And then Tim and I both guessed the heart with Connor McDavid. Okay. Were we close? Did any of our other people finish even in the like top five of voting? Well, uh, Tim and Mai's pick for the Jack Adams no longer coach for those teams, so okay. that was bad. Who who'd you pick? Uh, Tim had Daryl Sutter, and I had uh, Gerard Gallant with the Rangers. Oh yeah, yeah, they're both out of jobs now. Yeah, okay. Um, who else? Who else? Uh, Kale McCarr. Yeah, McCarr was up for the uh, the Norris, but didn't win. Lost to Eric Carlson. I had uh, the wrong. I had the right state for Vesna. I had Shesterkin, but it was a oh no, Linus Almark. I'm thinking he's still in Buffalo. He's in Boston, so never mind. Okay. We did poorly. Okay. Um, how about well, my uh, Calder pick? Did Pinto? Did he get any votes? Uh, I don't even know if he got any votes. I didn't even check that. Yeah. Uh, Matty Beniers won, and Tim and I did not have him either. Okay. Did either of you watch the NHL awards? I did not watch a second. Okay. Good. Um, someone surmised that. Oh, I think. It was, I don't. Know, maybe it was Blake Price. But he said, if they make the NHL awards bad so the NHL All-Star game looks better, then the NHL All-Star game looks amazing right now. I will once again throw my hat in the ring. I say to you, National Hockey League, let me run the awards show one time. As in all my other Pitches for jobs like GM of the Leafs, coach of the Leafs. My my tagline is, what's, what's the worst that can happen? It can't get any worse than what it already is. Maybe we stumble upon some magic potion where we're like, that was kind of campy, but not too campy. And it kind of worked. So Dan helped change the complexion of the NHL award show. Because the NHL award show has no vision. It doesn't know if it wants to be campy, if it wants to be a mute. Does it want to be high end? Does it, does it want to be seen? I don't know. They don't know. They're just, they're like uh, Fox Sports Live. A show Jay and I worked on. They're trying to be everything all at once. You can't do that. Pick a lane. Just strap a set on and go down that road. You you can't veer off 37 times while go down that road. You got to pick a lane. And we would. Boomsies Productions in charge of the NHL awards. Let's do it next year. And we host them in Orono. The town hall's right here. NHL Awards, Town Hall, Orno, home of Brian Bickle, right there. You're telling me people aren't already tuned in saying, what are they doing? What have they done? And they leave saying, I like it. I feel at home again. The NHL feels like it's part of me because of those awards put on by the Boomsies crew. Just throwing that out there. 
just <laughs> speaking of uh, Fox Sports Live at the uh, the golf course yesterday, and there was a rain delay, so we're all sitting down having a amazing BLT and fries. And one of the pros at my course, Coop, Fox Sports Live came up, and he's like, uh, "Yeah, so that's." Uh, I never lost Jay and Dan time when I went to the States because when I moved there, you guys moved there. So I got to see your show and I'd sit there with my roommates. And they're like, why are we, why are we watching this show? Coop's like, hang on. These guys used to be funny. <laughs> they're like, oh, can, we, can we not watch this? And I felt bad. I said, Coop. We, we tried, but when you're on for two minutes out of a three-hour show, it's kind of, he goes, I know. Don't worry, Dan. I got your back. So it was good to see. See, I'm unlike the NHL. I can take criticism and view that as thank you for telling me that. While in the NHL bubble, no one internally can criticize the product they put on because you're gone. You do not speak badly about the NHL product if you work inside that product. It's just frowned upon. You can't do it. So it'll never get better because they refuse to accept critical thinking of something they put out there. Would Tim, Zed Money, would you agree with this that no one has ever said to them, that was horrible to their faces because they know they're, they'd be out of a job. I mean, maybe if they knew they were leaving anyway. <laughs> yeah, you'd think somebody would say something, but yeah, the, the product, you, it doesn't look like anyone said anything to them. Uh, I mentioned off the top, I wanted to, to pass along a Tim Horton story. And things stick with me. I don't know why, but it, Things just jar me. So my daughter and I went, there was a massive lineup at Tim Hortons. It's a Sunday morning, whatever, cottagers, whatever. I'm like, hey, we got, we got nowhere to be. Let's go in. So a lengthy lineup. There was mass confusion behind the counter. 20 people all going around looking busy, but I don't think no one knew what they were doing. And not criticizing them. Hey, you're... You're in the service industry. Maybe it's your first day on the job. I don't care. I had nowhere to be. So this man behind my daughter and I, he's like strikes up a conversation. He's like, oh, how old are you? Oh, I've got 11 grandkids and I've got a doctor and another doctor. And he's listening. I'm like, oh, this is great. Very nice old man. And then asking what my daughter wants to be. And I'm like, okay. So finally we get to the tail order my standard large steep tea, two milk, two sugar. We got a cookie and we got a cheese croissant. Cheese croissant, the best food item at Tim Hortons. It's on another level. So good with tea. So we get the tea. Uh, we're waiting for the cookie and the croissant. The gentleman, he orders his coffee. I see him. He orders a like medium coffee, two cream, two sugar. So we're, we're standing back waiting for, for our items, holding my tea. I'm like, this is weird. I've got the tea that would take the longest to prepare and not the, the items where you just reach into the, the cabinet to get them. 
So finally, after 10 minutes, someone says, uh, are you waiting for something? I'm like, yeah, I'm just waiting for a, a croissant and a cookie. She's like, oh. And this man was still waiting for his coffee. So this, this nice old man who was telling me about his grandkids and his children had a smile on his face. They ask him, sir, are you waiting for something too? He's like, yeah, my coffee and it better be free. He went from a nice gentleman into pure evil on a flip of a switch. Even the employee looked at him and he's like, are you going to get it for me? And I'm standing there. She's like, well, it's not here on my screen. Well, I ordered and I... And I'm like, I just want this to end. I, I don't want to see this anymore. So I said to the employee, I'm like, I, actually, I saw him. He was right behind me. I saw him order it. And so this went on. And finally, she, she's like, well, it's not here, but I'll make your coffee. She goes, and he says again, you better, and it better be free. So she makes it. He grabs it off the counter and storms out. That's going to be stuck in my brain for all of eternity. The things that stick in my brain, I, I, I don't know why, but it just bothered me so much that you would, you would be one person to someone and then a completely different person to a human behind the counter who's struggling to keep up with the, the, the drive-through. People lined out the door. She didn't screw up. She did not put it in the computer. She's just trying to pump out those Timmy Horton's coffees. So I left rattled. I shouldn't be. But it goes back to what I I finish each of these podcasts with. I say, just be nice. It doesn't cost you anything. She said the same thing to me. She goes, I don't have a cookie and a croissant in my computer. I'm like, well, I... I ordered it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lie to you. I'm like, I'm sure it's in your system somewhere. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. And then she, she got the croissant and the cookie, cookie subpar croissant banging, banging croissant. So just be nice. Holy hell! It doesn't cost you anything. I was waiting for him to throw the coffee like back at the employee. He was that angry. And he must have really wanted that coffee. That's all he ordered. And he waited a good 15 minutes to get that coffee. And by the way, that, that same Tim Hortons is where I got a, uh, a Boston cream with no cream in it. So I sent this out on Twitter, put a Twitter poll out. And I've discussed this before. Have you ever got a Boston cream donut with no cream? And a, a large percentage of people said they have. So Tim Hortons reached out to me on Twitter and they said, so sorry, Dan, we'd like to rectify this problem. Can you direct message us? So, so I will pull it up here because so t- I, I direct message them. Uh, oh no, they did. They said, hi, we're sorry to hear this. Please send us a DM. We'd like to connect with you. I said, hello, 
So Tim Hortons replies back. We're sorry for the donut having not having cream. Can you please confirm your name, email, phone number, and the restaurant's full address so we can assist you further? I said, seems like this happens a lot. Based on my poll, if you take out the people that never order Boston creams, this no cream occurs to over 30% of your customers that order Boston cream donuts. And I said, you can email that. And I give my email. And I said, I won't provide the restaurant address because we all know that didn't make, they didn't make the donuts and I ain't no snitch. This is a corporate problem, not a franchisee problem. Boomsies. Guess what they responded with? Nothing. So they slide into my DMs and like, hey, who did this? We're going to give them trouble. I said, not on my watch. I ain't no snitch. So Timmy Horton's franchisees, I got your back. Corporate ain't coming there. So dreams of free donuts. And when they did respond with, we're going to send you something. And I said, no, I speak for all no creamers. Not just myself. I speak for a generation of no creamers. Not for me, for all. Fix it for all of us, not just I. But that's not going to happen because they go. I didn't get to a chance to, to get to emails last week, but I have to get to a time-sensitive one regarding the show Jury Duty. It's on Amazon Prime. And I've got a lot of responses from people where I said very original program. You should watch it. And people shot back at me in a nice way. Here's one of them. Hey, Toolsy. I hate to be this guy, but on episode 74, Boomsies, you mentioned an Amazon Prime show you liked called Jury Duty and how refreshing it was to see a TV show with an original premise. Well, there was a show on Spike TV in 2003 called The Joe Schmo Show that had the exact same premise. Everyone's an actor except the one clueless Joe Schmo. Your buddy Jonathan Torrens was actually a cast member on season two of The Joe Schmo Show. I think he wrote on it as well. I didn't write you to rub that in your face, but thought you'd enjoy going back to 2004 and watching your pal Jono play Gerald, the gotta be gay guy. Loving the pod, bud. Jerry Mercer, not the drummer for April Wine. <laughs> so I assume the drummer for April Wine's name is Jerry Mercer, which I don't know how many people know that. And does this guy go into every conversation by saying, Jerry Mercer, I'm not the drummer for April Wine. Um, so I talked to Jono before we started taping here. And I said, Jono, a lot of people have your back. And he said, if he could tell all the stories that went into the taping of that show, then we would be here for a while. And I said, Jono, you're coming back on Boomsies and we're going to discuss that. So yes, he said that show was exactly like Jury Duty. So that's where the, the thought for Jury Duty came from. I have never seen the Joe Schmo show. I apologize. And if it's got Jonathan Torrance in it, I know it's brilliant. And then he said the producers of that show went on to make the Deadpool movies 
also Zombieland. And am I leaving out another one, guys? Because uh, I spoke to Jono on speakerphone because he is such an entertaining person to talk to on the phone. It's like he's being interviewed at all times. And just mountains of information coming out while entertaining you. Oh, and he said there was another one where they brought uh, William Shatner to a town. And they made, they made hats to commemorate it. And they made everyone in town these hats that were called Shats. And it said Shats on the hats. And they wore them around town. So your next question is, Jono, do you have a Shats hat? And he does not have a Shats hat. So if you find one, it's probably a collector's item. So I apologize to uh, the Joe Schmo creators and the people that appeared on that by not realizing jury duty stemmed from that. I have another email regarding slow play on a golf course. Hey, Daniel, I listened to your podcast today on the golf course. Stuck behind the three slowest golfers I've ever seen. So thank you for verbalizing the screaming that was happening in my head and keeping me sane out there. Sean, spelt the Irish way, S-E-A-N. Um, I own a lot of Canada dry ginger ale, blackberry, the taste of the summer. But here's the problem. A lot of people are sending me pictures. So thank you for all the direct messages. People send me daily pictures of blackberry ginger ale, Canada dry. But I'm seeing it in plastic bottles. Don't. No. You cannot drink pop or soda, whatever you call it. You cannot drink it in plastic bottles. It is not the same. The carbonation is off. The flavor is off. It doesn't have that tinniness that you need. Something happens within a can that doesn't happen in a plastic bottle. It comes out flat from a plastic bottle. So if you want to up your soda game, Can it up, baby. Can it up. Um, A lot of people saying thanks for the recommendation. Um, Another one uh, regarding coming to Sault Ste. Marie. Uh, Producer Tim's working on that. We're supposed to go to Philly as well. Um, We got a lot of trips, but uh, no one has done anything about them. Not a single thing. Um, and Big Dog Rob, a regular contributor, sent us an email. Hey, Toolsy, just listen to episode 73. Oh, the year I was born in the flashback. I get from the wooden stick and popsicles. It's definitely... is definitely bringing into the ice cream. Oh, yeah. The wooden stick and popsicles is definitely bringing into the ice cream and getting the gumball at the bottom of the container. Canadian Tire Story. When my kids were younger, we went to the majestic town of Thunder Bay to visit my family, and my brother had one million Canadian tire dollars. And so we went in, we loaded up on mini sticks, nets, goalie gear, drinks, snacks, and then had a great Canadian time. Big dog Rob. I only hear of those stories. I thought they were just myths. 
But Big Dog Rob experienced someone who had one million Canadian tire dollars. And it would just like, you would have had like plastic bags full of this and who has to count it all? That's a customer service nightmare. Um, I don't want to run out of time before we get to Boomsies Newsies. Um, because we didn't get to it last week. So let's dive into some, some newsies because I need to, this is a source of news for a lot of people. You, you can't trust what's out there. So Zed money is like our, uh, Nolton Nash of Canada. Now the go-to one-stop shop for information. I'll have to Google search who Nolton Nash is once we're Oh, my. I was going to say that. I bet you <laughs> don't know. He was the face of Canadian news uh, before Peter Mansbridge came in. Nolton Nash. Yeah. Just just Google him. He, it was great to watch him deliver the news. All right. I'll check him out after. Uh, so our first story of the day is about a golfer in the States, who is committed to Ball State for next year. And the reason we're covering this is because the golfer's name is Happy Gilmore. Okay, so is that his, like he was given that name or did he change it? I saw this fluttering about, but with a lot of information you see on Twitter or something, you're like, mm, I don't want to get too invested in this, so I'll just, uh, I'll just read the headline and move on. So that was his given name. So his given name is Landon, but he goes by Happy. Because uh, his last name really is Gilmore. So okay. he goes by Happy Gilmore and he put out the announcement on his Twitter and he actually got Adam Sandler to tweet at him, give him a congratulations, said, go get him Happy, I'm pulling for you. Um, but Happy had basically said, as cool of a name as he has, it's a double-edged sword. Because no matter where he plays, someone will see his scorecard. He said, when he shot an 88 at the US Open qualifier, I was really hoping no one would see that, but it kind of blew up. I mean... He's a legit golfer. He shot an 88 at a U.S. Open qualifier. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it'll be great for when or if he turns pro or if he's in a tournament to get that recognition. But also for your entire golf career, people will just be spouting lines from Happy Gilmore. He'll be, it'll be like a bunch of producer Tims following you around. Cause produ I don't, rem I don't remember barely any lines from any movies. And if I did, I would never quote them, but Tim will spout off a line from a movie from like 1943 and be perplexed that we won't know the reference. So at least happy Gilmore will know the movie references cause they're all from the same movie, but getting those at all times will get a bit tiring. How many times do you think somebody has asked him to drive off the tee like Happy Gilmore in the movie? Or he just, instead of just running up to it, he just stands there and hits it. Golf ball because he's a good golfer. Yeah, he he's going to have to do that. By the way, I've done that. Um, so when you're screwing around at uh, like uh, charity golf tournaments, everyone tries a Happy Gilmore shot. I My percentage of good hits on a Happy Gilmore attempt is like 75% which is pretty damn good if you ask me yeah it's not bad I would definitely swing and miss 
Uh, next, next story, an Ontario landlord who's charging a lot of money for you to share a bed with a stranger. So I came across this. It's a Kijiji post for a listing in my hometown of Ajax, Ontario, which if you're not sure where that is, it's about 40 minutes outside of downtown Toronto. Now the landlord is asking for $550 a month for separate tenants to share one bed. The listing read, one spacious room available for rent to share with one existing well-behaved and clean working professional tenant from India. Now the post goes on to claim how it's close to the 401, but if you have a car, it'll cost you an extra $100 a month if you wanna rent their driveway. Oh my goodness, this is ridiculous, right? I I can't wrap my head around it. Is the room too small to put two separate beds in there? So the room came fully furnished and I guess it's like a queen size bed. So, I mean, they didn't want to take that out and put in bunk beds. So you heads and toes. And it's the, the housing, housing market that, that pricey that someone would consider that. And if they did, would you not just say to the, the person you're renting the room with, okay, like you have the bed tonight. I'll take the floor and then switch it up from night to night. Or is this the start? This is the premise of a new show in which it's like jury duty and the Joe Schmo show where everyone's in on it, except the person who rents the bed. And then they, they fall in love and it's the start of something special or the start of something, the opposite of special. I would watch though. I would watch that show to see how it plays out. So, I mean, it's, it's weird enough that, you know, maybe somebody will apply to that. Imagine being the person that's already renting the room. And then one day <laughs> your landlord shows up. He's like, yeah, this person's sharing a bed with you. Yeah. They didn't tell. Them. <laughs> uh, what's that now? Yeah. It's written here in the fine print of uh, your lease that uh, I can rent out the other side of your bed. And then you get into the whole, well, I like this side of the bed. And the other person's like, well, I like that side. And then you got to fight over the side of the bed because I'm assuming this, this bed's right against the wall. So who's getting the wall, who's getting the, the aisle seat of the bed where you can get easy uh, entry and exit from the bed without interrupting anyone. So do you take wall? Do you take open side? Oh, I mean, imagine the person who takes the wall is also somebody who has to wake up early and climb over the oh, other person. <laughs> okay, we so follow this story to see if it is rented out because I, I need to I need to meet the person who agrees to this. Both parties, the right, current keep, occupant and the new renter. I'll keep an eye out and see uh, see what else I can find. Uh, our next story is from the UK and it's a, a funeral home. They're hoping to break the taboo of talking about death by offering custom-made coffins, which include coffins designed to look like the TARDIS from Doctor Who or a sausage roll or even a poster from your favorite movie or TV show. Uh, the coffins are built to each individual need. So one of the ones that I saw was, it, it looked weird. It was a Dyson vacuum box. And I was like, who would request a Dyson vacuum box? It was a guy who worked on Dyson vacuums and this is what he wanted. So like they showed some that were like Harry Potter themed or Lord of the Rings. Kind of a cool design. Um, I do like this idea. 
Um, I I will relate a uh, a funeral story from my cousin's funeral, who was very uh, cost conscious at all times, and he made it a point to tell every family member because he he was given a diagnosis and he knew he didn't have much time, so he was able to plan his own funeral. And I didn't know this until his family told me that Amazon is a great place to search for urns for your remains. So they went into the the funeral home without this prior knowledge and they're giving them outrageous prices like, oh, here's one for $5,000 or you can go for this one. It's 1,000. He went on Amazon and got one for like, I want to say like 40 bucks. So, hey, if you know someone in the market, Amazon is probably the, the, the spot. And now that makes me wonder if they have coffins on there. No, you got to go to Costco for your coffins. Costco has coffins, but does Amazon? Co- yes, they do. Amazon does have, oh no, they're just, oh, there's one. Oh, but I think they're just like Halloween ones. <laughs> these aren't, these aren't full size coffins for a human. Does it come with prime though? Ah, uh, yeah. I'm excited for Dan's, what uh, ads he's going to get after this search. <laughs> So Amazon, I thought, did have everything. They don't have coffins, but they do have urns. Um, yeah, that's how I. Uh, that's how I'm going. I'm gonna get all burned up. And I also saw a CBS Sunday Morning story. CBS Sunday Morning. I am. I'm a huge fan. So much so that on Saturday night, I like. I can't wait to wake up and watch CBS Sunday morning. I I despise that about myself that I am getting excited about that show, but I'm like, I guess I'm just accepting my my age now. So they had a story on how there's this one company in which they decompose your body and then your family gets the soil and it takes them like, well, depending on the body, like 15 to 45 days. So they put it in this huge thing and it turns into soil. And then, so the family can grow like their vegetables out of your, uh, you probably wouldn't want to grow stuff you're going to eat, but like a tree would be a perfect example. A nice tree in your yard. You're like, Hey, grandpa's in there somewhere. Grandpa's just, and then you, you get the sap from that tree. You get grandpa's sap. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't want to really tell people the, the origins of your maple syrup. They're like, what's that now? Yeah, grandpa's in that maple syrup. Grandpa juice. That was a, uh, that was a plot point in uh, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, I tried to give it, I tried to, I tried to give it a shot and I just, I couldn't do it, Tim. I mean, 
I'll grant you the first couple episodes, it takes a bit, but once you get into it, it I thought it was great. But Keely, seemed- Keely wanted to be buried in, in, under an apple tree and then have people eat the apples from the tree. Ted Lasso, to me, was a lot like Succession in which every episode seemed like it was the same. And I'm like, I can't do this. Am I wrong? I know. I've, I thought Ted Lasso would be right up your alley. It's very earnest, but it, they pull it off. I thought that would appeal Yeah, appeal but Tim, to you. You, know, you know what I like? I like Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job. That is the opposite of earnest. I like wacky, bonkers. Yeah, but you like a good cry every once in a while, too. Yeah, I feel the dreams all day, every day. Uh, there's, some, there's, a, there's a bunch of good crying moments in Ted Lasso over three seasons. I also cried at the end of Wizard of Oz. Do, does everyone do that, or is that just me? No, that's just you. It's weird, man. And I also cried at the uh, the last episode of season one of The Bear. Does everyone cry at that? I didn't, but uh, I I don't think that's uh I don't think that's weird. Okay. The Bear just started that. That's also awesome. Um, I think we're out of time. Uh, Zed Money, appreciate you as always, producer Tim. Uh, I'm sure you contributed some way. I'm kidding. Of course he contributed. He played the music off the top. He gets in there with his uh, real-time corrections. It's a team effort. Um, This is a special message to the, uh, the Tim Hortons man in line. Just, dude, everyone... No one's purposely mixing up your order. And do you think they they want to hear that they fucked up? No. Show some compassion. They were in the, like, in the restaurant industry, when it's busy and stuff, you're in the weeds. They were in the swamp. They were in it so bad. Where I was given anxiety just watching it. So have some compassion. Just just put yourself in someone else's shoes. That's all I'm saying. And also give yourself uh give yourself sure give yourself a hug. But give someone else a hug too and be nice. It doesn't cost you anything. Welcome to Boomsies with Daniel Toozy. Live from Orno in the heart of Ontario. Oh baby Thanks for listening to Boomsies.